0: hey
1: everybody i'm bobby salveson and i'm michael
2: monaco and together we are the hazmat guys connecting the hazmat community near and far with knowledge insight and real world examples in an effort to make your job just a little bit easier and safer
1: Let's get to the show.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another award-winning episode of the Hazmat Guys, where me and Bob pat each other on the back relentlessly and tell each other how good we are. Awesome. Hey, so uh, we have a a really cool show today in one of our roundtables, not the roundtable, the happy hours, uh, somebody turned around and they said, hey, Mike, have you heard it all about the iMac? And I was like, nope, haven't heard about it at all. What is it? So he starts talking about it a little bit. I go, you know what? We are definitely gonna see if we can get these guys onto the show. Uh, and it's not often that we are able to do uh, something like this so quickly with such a a, a a large body of the people who are creating it and sending it out there. So without further ado, we are going to be talking iMac today.
1: Yes, and before we introduce our friends that are on the screen, uh, for anybody that's listening to this in audio only, this is going to be a free video. Uh, come on and check it out on the website, or um, we're probably going to put this on YouTube on both your side and our side, just so we can spread the world word about this stuff. But um, welcome, uh, iMac, and uh, hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. Why don't you guys go around and uh, introduce yourselves, please?
3: Uh, so I'm Camp. Camp. Uh, I'm the IMAC director. I work in the, the FEMA Office of Emerging Threats. Uh, we just formed actually yesterday. Uh, prior to Congratulations. that- Congratulations. We were the CBRN <laughs> office. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, I do the, all the main, you know, day to day with uh, my partner right here, Andy Gross over at DITRA, who manages the technical operations hub, but I'll let
0: him introduce himself. All right, I'm uh, Andy Gross, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. Um, I partner with uh, with Dugger here at FEMA to run the 24/7 uh, operations for uh, modeling and atmospheric assessment products. That's
4: uh, awesome. I'm Brendan Zinn. Uh, I'm a contractor at uh, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. Uh, I work for ARA Applied Research Associates, and I am one of the operations managers of the 24/7 Technical Operations Hub.
1: Before we get into exactly what we're talking about today, I have to say I have to point out for one second. I so like when I heard FEMA is coming on. I'm like, it's going to be like, I don't know, like earbuds that are wired with like broken <laughs> ear pieces. You guys have the best setup I've ever seen, and the audio and the visual is awesome. Thank you for doing that, uh, especially Lisa is, is off to the side, but thank you so much for doing that. We are bringing you what product?
3: So, well, what what is IMAC? Yes, so yeah, what is IMAC? What is IMAC? So, IMAC is the Interagency Modeling and Atmospheric Assessment Center. Um, we provide atmospheric modeling prediction products for hazmat events um, to any of you know our federal state. Uh, local tribal and territorial partners that are out there that are sponsored. Um, And it's zero cost. Um, So if you were to have a large spill of, you know, an easy one is chlorine, and you wanted to know the downwind hazard, and it was a major incident, it required, you know, it could be required one jurisdiction, it would require a a multi-agency response, Um, you can call us 24-7 you will talk to a person you will tell us what your problem is and with roughly within an hour we would get you a modeling product and help you with your help you with some operational decisions or, you know and explain
2: it so how, how can the how can the imac uh how can it incorporate into the response like what what would it do for me as a decision maker and a first responder that nothing else will be able to
0: well, I think that it's the importance is it gives you an idea of the scope of the incident you're talking about. So, you know, you tell us how you know what's the, what's the hazmat, what you know, how much, um, you know. We can tell you try to scope it down for you. Is this something that's going to affect you know a small you know city block, a neighborhood, or is this something that's like a, a big deal that's going to be multiple jurisdictions going to be involved in you know the cleanup or Um, You know, help make decisions on should you evacuate, shelter in place, um, you know, egress, uh, safe approach routes, um, where to set up a command post, where to set up monitoring, um, stuff like that. So that it kind of gives you a picture of how big of an incident you're talking about. Um, So you can have an idea of, you know, how many people you're going to need. Do you need to bring in more folks to help? Do you need to start blocking off roads? Stuff like that. Um, a lot of times I think you may not, you just may not know, you know, we've spilled this much stuff. Okay. How big of a mess is that going to be? That's kind of where we come in.
2: So it's kind of going to give like the, the, like an incident commander, a, a, a virtual or a virtual, an actual prediction of where the stuff is going, how the concentrations are going to be, depending on where you are in the location. And then from there to be able to be like, oh, okay, I see this route could potentially be closed off for evacuation purposes. We're gonna route everybody around here, or this is right on the border of my jurisdiction, but look, the wind is gonna push it into, you know, Joe's jurisdiction down the road. Let's get them involved. Yes,
3: exactly. You know, it's also, you know, just as much as the responder is an emergency manager, you know, for even your messaging, you know, to really put out that evacuation notice, where is it going? You know, help make those decisions. Should you shelter in place? Should you tell people to leave? Um, what is your duration time? When is it actually dispersing? When is it done? When is it going to clear out? Uh, there's a lot of
1: things. I love it. And, and you know, I, you know, obviously we have a Relatively large uh, listenership and people that are are invested in the, not only the community but like you know just being responsible operators operations level has uh, technician specialist level and they're probably the, you know what's the accessibility I mean who is this who can use it who who has access to that information? Like, there's a lot of, I have a question of like, you know, listen, okay, if I ask you for this information, can I share it with other people or something like that? So who can use it first off?
3: So, like I said, any federal, state, tribal, uh, territorial, local response official, emergency manager, um, You know, our goal is to make the community safe. So what does that mean? I mean, that could be depending on the jurisdictions, you know, policies, that could be whoever's responding. Or it could be the governor. Or it could, you know, could be the administrator of, of a federal agency. It, I mean, any level pretty much will support anybody that's not contacting us with a Gmail account. <laughs> um, I, I will draw the line there because we do want to develop. You know, it, they are controlled documents, and you can talk more about that. Um, but with the response community, as long as you know, we don't want them to be shared publicly. I mean, unless they're cleared, that's not saying it can't happen. But yeah, anybody, you know, from the first responder up that's a part of the response or whatever the incident may be can go, Hey, why didn't you call this phone number and get some help?
2: I love it. So like on in in the, where we worked, our resource guy, which is just a normal firefighter, they could absolutely initiate this. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. how, how does the activation itself work? Like from, from start to finish, right? I'm, I'm responding in, I realize I might have, um, Oh, oh God, uh, well you said chlorine before, so we'll just use chlorine, chlorine spilled. Okay. What's the process?
0: So, so you're going to, you know, once you, once you have the information that you know, as far as, um, you know, a good feel for what's going on. Um, you call. We have an eight hundred eight seven seven number. We'll share at the end. Um, once you, when you call that number uh, and say, you know, I'd like to activate the iMac, then we go into basically production mode. So we got, you know, people that will that know. Like, here's what we need to ask. You know, we as much information as we can get from you, the better. So that you know, the better information makes a better model. So. Uh, you know, wh- where did it happen? When did it happen? Uh, pro- you know all these things are approximate, but if you the better information, you know it, it's gonna be a better model. Um, what you know are we talking a spill? Is it a leak? Is it a fire? Did something explode? Um, do you know if it, you know are we are we talking about just a building that's on fire that has stuff in it? or do you specifically know there was a chemical or or a gas that was released? and maybe, you know, an estimate of how much. So at that point, when we wrap up the phone call, um, we say, well, we've got everything we need. Then we go into production mode. We alert our interagency partners that that we've been activated for a certain, uh, you know, for the incident. Um, we make make assumptions to, to kind of fill in the gaps that might exist. Um, if somebody doesn't know the exact location or the exact time or whatever, we'll, we'll fill in some, um, some assumptions there, uh, and we start making, creating the model, um, put in all that information that go that goes in the the where, the what, the when, um, how much. Uh, we'll we'll take a look at the weather, and then we you know run the model, spit the model out, uh, put it into a kind of a nice format that shows you you know it gives you maps and uh, maybe some. You know basically putting it on like a Google Maps type of or or imagery to kind of help locate so that somebody can locate stuff if they're on the ground um, and then when when that model is done, uh, we send it out to the interagency group, group the the person who requested it um, and then we want to have you know that that interagency conversation to describe you, you know who who activated us um you know, what we modeled, what does the model mean, like how to interpret it, uh, how many people might be affected, um, you know, especially what areas are, are maybe the worst, maybe the most affected more than others, and just have that conversation. Uh, hopefully the requester will be on the line with us to kind of give us any additional information that may have popped up since we uh, wrapped up the first phone call and just kind of then talk about it. Where do where we go from here? Um, do we need to do an update overnight? You know, sometimes some of these some of these things we activate for are large, you know, recycling plant fires or sometimes a tire fire, something like that. It's going to be a long duration, and so we say, you know, we'll we'll do an update every two hours, every four hours, every six hours, whatever it might be, uh, and kind of leave it up to the person who called us to kind of dictate that schedule. Uh, I mean, they're the ones that you know, you guys are the ones that need the product from us. So we, we want to, we're kind of at your beck and call to say what you, you know, how often you need this stuff. Um, what do you specifically do you want to see to help you make the decisions you need to make? Uh, and then kind of go from there.
1: Do, do you guys, um, you know, with the advent of, uh, and this is kind of a side question, but I'm just curious about it because, you know, with where we are in technology and stuff like that, do you guys have the ability of like if I call you, you saying, Hey, listen, can you take a couple pictures? Or does that really not move your ball where like I can send you some like additional like on the ground kind of stuff, or is that not really helpful for you?
4: Yeah, that can absolutely be helpful, um, depending on what what their pictures of, but um <laughs> of course <laughs> I mean if it's just sort of like a rail car in the distance, it's not so uh not so useful, but you know, if it can show you like there's a fire. There's, uh, you yeah. Know, what what sort of release rate is occurring? If you're trying to, if you're trying to guess, you know, a, a picture might be able to give you an idea of. Okay, it's a really big leak versus it's a really small leak, something like that.
1: At, assist, one more at, just. Go ahead, sorry, go.
3: Oh, I was going to say yeah. To, to agree with Brendan, you know, assist with that like dispersion rate to really you know hone in the size. of How big is the gash? Was it just a forklift that poked a hole, or did it tear the side of whatever open?
1: Right. And and uh, so that, that brings me to like, let's say I'm a, I'm a smaller department. Let's say I'm a, I'm a real small department. I might have seven, 10 guys in my whole department. Do you guys, and again, this might not be your, your lane, but would you guys be able to kind of help out me as a small department with some recommendations of like, besides saying, just look at the ERG, like, are you guys in that business? Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little
4: hesitant just because, so we 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 provide decision support. We don't for me, right? We don't make yeah. decisions for you because ultimately you're That's the fair. one who, you're the one who has to be responsible for whatever the consequences are. So we're not going to make the call for you. And
1: no, that's that's and that's why I kind of uh, figured that you guys are just the tool that's for me to use, like not the and, and I wouldn't expect it because like, uh, you know, you should have mutual aid agreements in place already as me as a small department. I'm just calling you guys as a tool. You guys have a team of people that assemble that tool. So like when you guys were saying you provide a product, I you know, I probably should have put the car before, before the horse and asked you what exactly is the product.
4: Yeah, so the, the product is is typically gonna be like a PowerPoint or a PDF, like a briefing, sort of briefing uh, type thing. Uh, and it'll show basically either colored contours if it's like a hazardous materials, so things like AEGLs or ERPGs or uh, PACs or w- whatever, that show sort of like where we think the hazards will occur uh, and the, or potentially, it was like an explosion. You might see like r- distance rings like this is this is how far the uh, you know, explosion explosive effects could uh, could travel. Uh, and then the briefing product itself will also have information on sort of what sort of assumptions we made in the models uh, and explanation slides that explain like what you're looking at. So, you know, if you don't know what AGLs are, uh, you know, there's an explanation of, of what AGL. AEGLS are, Uh, and then we try to on the actual briefing products. uh, So that's like the the slide uh, you guys have with the with the sulfur dioxide. Yeah, we could probably bring up that uh, sulfur dioxide slide. Yeah, Yeah, maybe we'll talk to that.
1: Let's see what we got here. Oh, that's nice.
4: Yep. So uh, this is kind of what a briefing product would look like. Um, I say kind of because this is you know sort of. Changed a little for to make it publicly releasable, but yeah, this is sort of this is sort of the sort of the what the money slide in the uh, in the in the briefing would look like. So you got contours uh, that indicate uh, the, the color contours indicate effects. So like the red is the Eagle three, uh, orange is the Eagle two, uh, and then we include information about you know what how much stuff we were assuming was released. You know when was it released. What did we use for you know the weather model? Uh, what's the location of this incident? This one's from uh Art the uh Arkema, uh Texas uh Crosby Texas uh incident, uh one of well, one part of several products we did uh, did for that one. Uh but this this is basically roughly what a what, what a briefing product would look like. And then in addition to that, we usually provide either shape files or KMLs. So if you have your own if you have your own mapping system you can put it on into your into your own maps uh instead of you know what we used if you need to like zoom in or you know you, you want to particularly look at a you want to put say like where your incident command post is relative to the to the plume which
2: we you know we won't know unless you tell us so so when it says like a dissemination released over two hours, is this saying that at the two hour mark of this release, this is what our concentrations are expected to look like? So
4: the, uh, the Eagles are, uh, time integrated effects. So, uh, that's the effects over judging by the plume, I'm going to guess over four hours, although most of the uh, most of the effects are probably happening in the first, if it was a release over two hours, then most of the effects are probably happening in about two hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Um, we can also show like, so So that's like a time integrated effect. So this is like the so what over over a four hour period. We can also show plots that are snapshots in time. So this is what the concentration looks like at, you know, exactly one hour and
2: five minutes or something like that. Okay, so you're you're showing for the entire duration of the event, assuming it's a four hour event, that this is where my uh, my ag my aegls for level two would would be, and right. so on and so forth. Okay, so if I know so- I have a ten hour duration, those maps are going to be totally different than versus a four hour duration. Right. I think one of the points I would make is that like this type of thing where it's like where you're talking
0: about time integrated. So a lot of times we, we might not get called, you know, right as soon as something happens. A lot of times we get called maybe an hour or two later. And so, you know, those, the first, you know, the a snapshot in time of like 15 minutes, 10, you know, 30 minutes after it's already, you know, the time has already passed. So this mm-hmm. this type of look kind of gives you an overall, you know, an overall look at the whole incident. So like, if you're saying, you know, which, which areas or which neighborhoods probably got hit, or there might be you know, residual stuff on the ground or on a building, this, this type of look will, will show you that. It might, might right. be more
2: useful than you know, something a snapshot in time from a time that's already passed. Right, that's, uh, for decision-making, that's really what we care about, where we care about what the effects of the people are long-term or throughout a duration, not just, hey, at 10 o'clock, this was at 500 parts per million here, and this was 300 parts per million there.
1: Do you, yeah. do you guys have the ability of like forecasting not to not to rub the uh, magic bowl or anything but can you say hey listen this is where we estimate things based upon topography and weather and blah 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 that you can say hey listen this is where your plumes probably going to be in like 4 hours or is that beyond it right now
4: Yes we we do that all the time um we uh, a lot of times do uh forecasts maybe like 12 to 24 hours out so wow in in you know in discrete uh, time. So maybe like, you know, every like four hours, eight hours, 12 hours, et cetera, um, to estimate, you know, where's uh, the concentration going to be. Cause you know, the weather, it changes directions. Um, you could get, you know, a front moving through things like that. Uh, so um, the only, the only tricky thing with forecasting the future is the source term a lot of times is also changing in time and sometimes we don't know you know if you're if if you've got a big fire going on and uh you know it's you know we're gonna assume some rate that it's burning at you know eight hours from now you may have it much better under control than you did than you did when we started running the model so we don't we don't necessarily do a lot of predictions about like okay well the fire is going to be a lot smaller in 8 hours it's more like okay it's going to be sort of going this way and affecting these areas in 8 right. hours
1: yeah, that makes not, a lot of sense
3: yeah cuz we're not there yeah you know we can't see the burn rate we're we're just trying to give you a, an excellent snapshot in time
2: so you can make the right decisions right yeah. right this is almost the the theoretical possibility of what it is but then we always have to you know take our meters and our observations and confirm what reality is so we can make game plans based upon the theory just like we do chemical physical properties right i i know this material is supposed to you know go up when it releases and in fact it's down well what's the what's the actual readings what are my meters are going to tell me what's actually going on that is, that's exactly right.
3: Yeah, you know, and that goes back to you know that that whole us not making decisions. You know, we're not there. You're there. You see the weather change faster than we do. Even though we provide yep. you a snapshot in time over six hours, that didn't may, mean that we didn't know that the weather completely changed by the time you got the product. You know, it could within that maybe it's a thirty minute difference of from when the modeling was done and the weather changed in that 30 minutes that you actually received the product and reviewed it, you know, we can't, we, we're not there. We're never gonna show up at your incident to.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's one of the questions they were gonna ask is is that they're gonna be like, oh, well, if I call these guys and I have people on the phone, they're gonna offer me opinions and and, and advice. And it's like, no, this is I'm just the, the tool giving you the product. You make your calls, call your people and call us back when you need more info.
0: Yeah, I, I think would, it's a cool idea. Yeah. And I think that you know the point also being that we are 24 seven. So, you know, we're there to it's not like we just send you a product and, you know, wipe our hands. We're going we, home. Yeah. So we have people there. You know, if you need to call back, you don't understand something about what we what we sent you or how to interpret it. Um, that's what, you know, we've got, you, you call us back and we, there's, you know, there's chemists there's meteorologists, there's, you know, biologists, What there's, there's lots of smart people on the other end of the line that can help interpret those results, but we're not telling you, we're never going to tell you what to do. We're just telling Good. you what, what the model means, uh, you know,
2: so that you can make your decisions. So how um, does, how does this level of plume modeling differ from other, models that are out there like what makes this um, something that somebody should this should be the go-to for for a department responding for something
0: so i would say that you know there's other tools out there um, that are that are that are very fast and and can certainly give an answer probably quicker than we can Um, but the difference being that our model is there's a lot more refined um takes in a lot more you know information about the terrain and um, and the, especially the the forecasting ability um, that we can go out, um, you know, the, 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 and also the size of the the incident doesn't matter. We can do a big incident, we can do a small incident, and we can forecast, you know, up to several days in the future. Wow. That's the big thing. It, you know, it takes a lot of those you know atmospheric things into account, the turbulence, um, you know, the the boundary layer going up and down during the night um just a lot of that stuff will, will be taken into account you know that, that's not to say that any of those quick running models that people have aren't useful and they certainly are uh it's just that we will come in and and have a more refined model with a better kind of a better picture going forward using a forecast.
1: Well, that's that's the thing is like, you know, when you have uh, that product, we're not even gonna mention it, who it is or what it is, but like, you know, it's operator driven. So when the, the guy is like, this thing stinks, it's because <laughs> you stink and you don't know how to use it. But now if I, if I give you that same information and I got a team of experts there that are plugging and know how to use a software, you're obviously gonna get back a better product.
3: Yes. yes. No. And the other thing I'd like to say is I don't like to necessarily say one modeling software is better than another. I look at it as like building blocks. Yeah. You know, who's uh, in a toolbox? Right. You know, right. Cameo and Aloha, whether it be high split, if they get you the right answer fast and then we can assist you in the long-term because you're waiting an hour for us, yes, use them. They're also our partners. I mean, the EPA, who, who's the sponsor for Cameo and Aloha and NOAA, they are a part of IMAC. So why wouldn't I want you to use those?
2: Well, and that's but, the question I'm getting at. What At what point do I open my toolbox and I reach for you guys as the tool versus another one of my tools? I would say when you get to the limitation of that modeling, okay.
3: of that modeling software, and you feel nice. like you need additional help um we said you know you're the responder you're the one on the the ground really making the decision
2: seeing what is happening there you need the support we're here to provide you the support so what else have you been what else have you guys done like are there any other uh instances that you guys can talk of or speak of that hey listen this is this is what they had this is what we were able to give this is kind of how we plugged into this run or this scenario sure
4: yeah um been involved in andy andy too uh, doug is a little newer but uh we've been involved in a lot of uh relatively well-known hazmat incidents um like recently the east palestine um oh. we, were, we were doing uh, models models for that um for the combustion of uh the vinyl chloride we did about nine updates for that one over about four days um plus uh one or two like post-event analyses um the Arkema one that uh, we showed, the, uh, we're showing the, uh, the the image for uh, that one ran about a week, and I think we did nine nine or ten updates for that one. Um, they kept uh, they kept changing uh, what was uh, what was there. There were some uncertainties, uh, and so they weren't sure they weren't sure where stuff was physically located. So, oh, is this tank near where the Stuff's burning. No. Yes. No. Yes. So, so, so there were there, there were a lot of there were a lot of updates uh, for that one. Um, another big one we did was uh, the Deer Park uh, fire in at, in Texas. That was a that was a big refinery fire back in uh, 2019. Like a petroleum
2: uh, refinery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Basically, basically one of their huge tanks caught on fire. Um, We did models for the fire itself, which was put out within a couple of days and then models for, there was benzene that was leaking out of either that tank or a different tank um, over several days after that. Uh, We did about 27 products I think for that one uh, over a little over a week.
1: I guess you guys kind of figure out when people are uh, winding down when they stop calling.
4: That's usually yeah. a, yeah, yeah. a good sign. Yeah.
1: You form a relationship and you're like, where'd you go, man? Where'd you go? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Well, y'all also, you know, responders also get busy and, and don't necessarily sometimes call back. Yep. Like, you know, you got other things to, you know, you, you got what you needed. Um, we discussed how much more support you want. And then you hit that limit and they're still dealing with stuff. And it's like, well, I get it. Let's try to call them. So yeah, saying, yeah. we're not about saying, you know, <laughs> hey, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, still,
1: how's everything going?
2: You guys are, are part of the whole CBRNE responder—the the the app and that that we use to put um, to overlay our readings into you know GPS style mapping. Does that integrate at all with this software, or are they kind of just two separate entities?
3: So that's a. Uh, to expand all that, so the the responder is a great tool because you have Kim responder and it's and Rad responder built in with it, and we have the IMAC portal. Um, we feed our modeling products into the IMAC portal. You don't have to have an account to receive them. We're going to send them to you directly as a responder because you might not use it. Um, but the Seaburn responder and the Kim responder um, are both great tools because they allow you to you know provide that common operating picture to what's happening on the ground. You can overlay our modeling products of KML or the files within it over the Google Earth to see where your incidents going to figure out entry routes. You can look at it, you know, see it on the map. You can also use it to assign where you want your personnel to take readings, um, but it allows for a lot of integration with iMac. But the, the, the beauty of it is it's not 100% necessary. Um, if you choose to use it, I kind of look at it as a force multiplier. It could help you out in the long run. If you you know, it's like any other tool, you need additional training on it. But at the same time, if all you need is a modeling product to get the job done, we have that too.
1: (laughs) Guys, I I tell you what, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking to come and check this thing out. And, you know, with that, I I got your information up here. Um, This is basically just come on and, and, and talk to you guys, right? This is how you get in touch.
3: Yeah, so the the eight seven seven number is our twenty four seven response line. Um, that you call that number for emergencies. You know, we're just like we we like to say we're just like nine one one. You don't email nine one one; you call them. Um, but we also do training and exercise support. So if you have an exercise coming up, you know, just like we said, any other tool, you don't just directly pull it out of the toolbox and and have out have at it without training. So. You know use us for training and request that modeling product because we'll support modeling we'll support your exercise from just handing you a modeling product to full play and we'll walk through the process you so know I- where you call and and we answer the phone take down the information run through the time limit provide you the product you know do a do a teleconference with the with who we can get on the phone depending on the you know the workload at the time of your exercise uh um, I'd like to say that, you know, our, our federal partners are great. Um, They're made up of the Department of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, NOAA. I can't ever say that word, so please go ahead and say it for me. The National Oceanic Atmospheric, I don't know,
1: <laughs> administration. Yeah, administration,
3: yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will admit that. Um, I think I'm missing some people. Uh, NRC. Yep, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Uh, health, and health and Human Services. And Health and Human Services are our federal partners. So when you have that telecon, all those agencies are there to provide the requester support.
2: So you guys will do like a. a, a uh a training scenario with departments how far in advance does do, would we have to set that up so let's say let's say i was doing a training next month and it uh, was going to be a large scale incident i reach out to you guys and we start developing a, a game plan or i can call that day and just be like hey this is a training we want to institute a scenario
0: i think you know we we generally ask maybe 2 weeks in advance just to make sure that we've got the time to get something you know to work on it and get you something good um, there, there's always a, a possibility if there's some real-world event going on that we could, you know, that would take precedence over an exercise. So that's why if you know it, be, you know what your scenario is in advance. Two weeks is good, um, but we can always, you know, work with you. It doesn't take too long to create a a product. I think it's just the the concern that if if something real-world is going on, that's going yeah,
4: to. If, if you wait to the last minute, you're. Uh... Eh, you're taking a roll of the dice
2: <laughs> yeah fair enough
3: yeah you know like any other exercise the the earlier the better especially depending on how how much of level of play you would like us to participate you know two weeks is usually we can we can work it out uh if you wanted full play i'd, I'd probably say three would be better you know to really get everybody involved and to knock out the time but it's not to say two weeks at a minimum for pretty much anything we usually can make work. I don't think we've ever had to tell anybody no at two weeks. Right.
1: I love it. And you guys can be you listen, if anybody's still listening and not watching, you're a fool, first off. And second off, you can I'm gonna read it out for you. It's eight seven seven two four zero one one eight seven. Uh the email address is IMAC IMAAC at fema.dhs.gov. dot You can go to the portal which is cbrnresponder.net. And they do you guys do briefings and you have your own FEMA YouTube channel and you can just search for iMac videos on that YouTube channel, right?
3: Yes, um, we probably have about eight videos up right now. There's gonna be a total of right around 30. I think wow. we're pretty close to getting another nine. Yeah. So we'll have a total of 18 here shortly. And that's to go over like these modeling products, whether it be a chem incident or you know, something that involves rad, nuke or radiation. Uh, we, we we're and trying these, to cover a little bit of everything. Go and ahead. these are nice short videos. Too. Yeah, you don't have to they, they, watch they, these are
4: like These are like three <laughs> minutes. Like They're, they're good for, me,
2: for the uh, ADD generation. Yeah. Great, great. I love it. Uh, iMac is going to show up on my TikTok.
1: I love <laughs> it. Well, gentle, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming and sharing some information with us. Um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of phone calls, so uh, be on the lookout.
3: That's hey, good. We, we appreciate you. it. Yep. We want to be around, so thank you.
0: Absolutely. All right
1: well that wraps up another episode of the hazmat guys you can find us at facebook twitter and our youtube channel and don't be afraid to use that like or follow button or
2: you can sign up for even more content from us at the here you can subscribe so that we can connect you to even more great stuff your support is going to help us improve and build this awesome community even more
1: Yeah, and if you want to get to the next level, you won't want to miss our premium content. Our specialist level provides you with access to our entire catalog of shows, which is now over 300, an exclusive Facebook group, premium video with no ads, and so much more. Also, check the Hazmat Guys University link on our website. And
2: don't forget, we are always interested in hearing about incidences or calls that you have experienced. We may bring you on the show to share that story reach us at feedback at the hazmatguys.com and
1: remember folks don't just get on the job get into the job